Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to Arkansas Row Crops Radio. I'm Jared Hardke, Rice Extension Agronomist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Today on Rice and Advice, I'd like to talk a little bit about managing pre-flood nitrogen in wet and rainy conditions. I think most of us can relate to those conditions uh, really for most of the spring. But now that it's time to actually start getting a lot more rice to flood, some of the earliest rice has already gone there and was able to take advantage of a few limited early drier windows to actually get nitrogen out on dry soil the right way that we prefer and recommend. But now a lot more rice that was planted in mid to late April, depending on where you are in the state, and, and a little bit since then, really getting to that point of where we really want to take rice forward and again try to fertilize and flood, the topic of today. So the first uh, obvious piece of advice is to run a DD50 report. And for those of you just listening, I'm sure most are aware, but DD50 is the Degree Day 50 program where we use heat units to monitor the growth and development of the rice crop. And so those are cultivar specific and based off of emergence date to give us predictions of when we should reach approximate dates. And of course, one of the the most important ones on there is that that early season pre-flood nitrogen management timing uh, that we're so much focused on. As a general reminder, if you you know had rice that emerged on the 5th of April and you ran a report that day, then everything predicted from then was based off of at least 10, but in some case 30-year weather averages for the future. So every day, every night, that program updates itself with the previous day's actual weather. So it gets more and more accurate as it goes. So if you haven't run one of those in a while and you're still using the old dates, you might want to rerun that because it's actually probably going to give you another two or three days to each of those timings because rice has been growing so slowly compared to average with the cooler temperatures and the rainfall. So so again, run a DD50 report, look for that final recommended time to apply pre-flood nitrogen. That's, that's what you're after and, and that date really is your friend because it tells you that, that last time you can wait until. We, we certainly don't prefer to always get to that date or wait that long. We want to move the crop along earlier if we can, but again, rice has been shorter this year given the cool temperatures and the cloudy conditions. And so we've, we've had to wait a little bit longer anyway just to get the size we would like uh, to be able to put a flood. So look at that final nitrogen date. There is some room built in beyond this, that date to account for the time to establish the flood. So there, there's already a little bit of a fudge factor in there because we know it's not, you know, we don't, don't just put the nitrogen out and snap our fingers and have a flood on the field. We, we've got a little time we have to have in there to get that accomplished. So that's, that's there to be accounted for. But in these scenarios we're talking about with, with the sub, subsoil, subsurface, you know, still being largely saturated, even if we are drying a little bit at the surface, we're going to flood fields a lot faster and easier than under our, you know, more traditional, you know, more very dry soil conditions when we're trying to put out pre-flood nitrogen, you know, when we get our way. But, but again, use that final nitrogen date as your trigger to make a decision on doing something. As we pass that date, basically sitting still means you're going to start moving backwards in terms of yield potential. So as we get to that date, we've got to decide to, to act and do something. And that kind of brings us really to, to where we are today with fields that are, that are to that date or getting just past that date, even with some of the questions that have been coming in. 
So to, to start out, the actual recommendation part of all this is the preference is always to get urea to the soil surface. That that's the preference. Obviously, you know, dry is, is number one. That that's the primo way to go. But you know, again, having a lot of trouble finding that right now. So really, the take home is the the firmer the soil, the better. But again, keep getting rain. So we'll take a muddy condition if that's the best that we can get. Now, what's muddy to me? What's muddy to you? And the biggest part is get rid of the standing water. Yes, some of your bar ditches, your, your levee ditches uh, may have some water in them a little bit. But again, the majority of the paddy, the, the flats out there having standing water essentially gone. We don't want the, the urea landing in standing water. It can land on the mud and we can work with that and the goal is to to get to that point where we can get it applied to a to at worst a muddy soil surface and try to let that soil dry underneath that urea as long as it can until the next rain and hey if you miss a, a forecast rain that was supposed to be there pretty quick and it can actually firm up pretty decently for a few more days even better and then we can start bringing the flood but if you do get it out there and, and it's muddy get the rod set everything's otherwise ready to go and you know the gates are ready and if it does start to rain then we're just going to go ahead and start pumping when we're making those applications to muddy soil essentially the muddier it is and the less time you'll have to dry it out or at least the less time you think you'll have to dry it out uh, consider increasing that pre-flood nitrogen rate by 10 to 20 pounds of nitrogen per acre, 10 to 20 units nitrogen per acre. Some work we've done over the previous few years have shown that, that again, because it's a less efficient by going onto that muddy soil, that, that slight increase does seem to help offset some nitrogen loss that we're going to have by applying it to a, to a more damp, muddy soil condition. The less time you have before you think you're going to get that next rain again to allow you to dry out, the higher you want to lean on that that rate, that that increase above your normal pre-flood rate. Uh, again, this will help offset losses due to inefficient incorporation that are going to come with putting a flood on too muddy soil. It's not going to be driven down uh, as quickly and deeply into the soil as it would if we were again on dry soil. On muddy soils, always remember to use a urease inhibitor, you know, urea plus NBPT, uh, such as an Agritain or similar other recommended uh, product like that. Just use an Agritain as an example. The other situation, of course, you're ready to go to flood and, and you catch a free one. And so suddenly we've got stacked up water of inches in the field. And uh, so, well, we're at that nitrogen date or beyond, the final nitrogen date or beyond. Now it's time to start talking about that fun topic of spoon feeding, which nobody is really uh, too overly excited about, but, but we do get in that scenario sometimes and we can make it work. Uh, if we're talking about uh, hybrids, really we know that we're going to need to spoon feed three weekly shots of 100 pounds of urea. Again, once a week, 100 pounds, three times. In some limited conditions, we do see a, a benefit from a fourth application of 100 pounds, but most of the time, three shots uh, is generally getting the job done. And if and again, that that's all talking about the early nitrogen. We're still recommending the the 65 pounds urea at late boot on those hybrids. For varieties, uh, it's going to be 
four weekly shots of 100 pounds going out in a spoon feed situation and sometimes a fifth may be needed and again from some work we've done same thing with the muddy soil conditions also on the spoon feeding approach uh, saw plenty of instances where that fifth application of 100 pounds could could really finish bringing that yield potential onto the top for varieties in particular and again certainly those timings are going to coincide with some of the mid-season timings for varieties and take care of that. Uh, when we're dropping urea into the water, there's no need to use an NBPT type product on that urea. It's, it's not going to have any value when it's dropped directly into a standing flood. Uh, so that's, you know, that's one little bit of savings that we can have in that scenario. Um, again, wet and rainy conditions forcing us to go to a, a more of a muddy or flooded situation is going to require us to use more nitrogen in these scenarios. That is that increased cost, but we know that we can still achieve optimum yields in these situations. Again, we're just kind of dancing with, with, uh, with the partner that we're handed at the time. Uh, just to reiterate, waiting too long for the ideal conditions, just continuing to wait for that, that dry soil, we want to get it out that way, it just continues to lead to greater yield loss potential. Uh, from a general observation, the, the, the hybrids have a, hybrids and varieties both begin to, as you get past that final recommended date to apply nitrogen, they all generally start to decline very shortly after that. Again, remember we built in just a little fudge time to get a field flooded, but they all start to generally decline, but the hybrids decline a little more gradually. They're not going to make you pay quite as much most of the time uh, as the varieties are going to start to trend down a little bit faster. But again, under, under especially not just the wet, but the really cool conditions we're under and things just not, not growing off or showing how showing their age as much uh, that that could possibly fool you sometimes so again going back to that dd50 report and and the dates and uh, again looking back to that dd50 to determine where you are and where you need to go and just as important if you've got uh, you know simply complicated scenarios uh, feel free to to give us a call shoot us an email or text and, and run some of those situations by us and we'll try to do our best to, to give you a more situation-specific recommendation, but hopefully some of these general guidelines and recommendations will help you along the way, keeping the rice crop moving and keeping our overall yield potential all the way up. And hopefully things will straighten up very soon, and, and we'll get this behind us and, and rock on through, through yet another uh, really good high-yielding season. Once again, I'm Jared Hardke. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Rice and Advice on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Have a rice day. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.edu.